So you're you're bottling some wine today? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I was bottling a little bit of wine today. That's pretty great. Um, yes. Uh, well, I'm going to give a shout out to some people who don't listen to this under any circumstances. Hey, Allie and uh, Maya, your rosé is ready. Uh, it tastes pretty good. Drink it fast. I don't know how stable it is. Uh, yeah, this is a quick drinker. This is like a hit, you know, try to like, I got 40, 50 bottles of wine right now. Mm. And I'm trying, I'm going to encourage people to drink them within the next like two months. So I got some work to do. Yeah. Uh, but right now it tastes great. Uh, it's just long term. Not so sure. Not so sure. Yeah. <laughs> so they have two months. I thought you just meant like straight, like continuously. Keep Just keep drinking it until it's all gone. I mean, you could do that too. Um, I also encourage that. This seems more practical. So, I, you know, I got a little buzz on, Dave. Things, <laughs> things are going to be a little bit different today. I don't Excellent. normally have a buzz on a Sunday. Today, today shit's going to be popping off. All right. All right. Did you? Uh, I'm drinking water to hydrate. That's very important. Did you bottle with? Uh, Indeed. Did you bottle with Granddad, or was this a one one man operation? Well, Granddad was there, mm-hmm. and he was hanging out. He was providing wisdom, inspiration, uh, crankiness, and uh, <laughs> cantankery. And uh, no, he was good. It was it was great. We had a good time. Excellent. And uh, yeah, no, it was lovely. It was lovely. That sounds nice. So yeah, there's 50 bottles of wine in the world. That weren't there yesterday. Oh, right. It's a miracle of life. <laughs> yeah. This is exciting. I le- I know. Oh, man. I can't wait to taste taste some more of your wine. Uh, well, I, I mean, actually, I probably... I should not send you a bottle. This stuff, I should not send you through the mail right now, because if it gets hot, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but, but there's other stuff I can send you that's pretty stable. Um, but speaking of miracles of life... Uh, a friend of ours uh, just just had a little just had a little uh, nuptial event. That's true. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Ms. Kraut. Yes, formerly Ms. Again, Kraut. Formerly Ms. Kraut. Not a not a slur against German people. Is actually a last name. Again, uh, she is now. Uh, Charlie liked it. He put a ring on it, and um, and this is wonderful news for both her and her husband. This is terrible news for anybody else who would listen to this podcast because she's really awesome. And one time she looked at me and said, you know, I just kind of want to code my own OS. And so that happened. So that's, that's the kind of like level of Uber nerd that she is. So sorry, gentlemen, you waited too long. You <laughs> fucked up. Krauts, Krauts off the market. That's right. Uh, so congratulations to her. One of probably the only person who actually listens to this. So uh, good job. Yeah. Great, great times. Uh, hope, hope every, the day was lovely. Was the day lovely, Dave? You were there. It was, it was so fantastic. The, um, I mean, it was beautiful. I couldn't have imagined a more beautiful setting and all the speeches were super heartfelt and, uh, tear jerking and uh-huh. the band was, was great. They sounded fantastic. What was the band situation? Um, there was, let's think two horns, there's a guitar, bass, drums. Whoa. There were uh, someone was playing keyboards. Someone, a couple of singers here and there, a few singers. Whoa. Um, yeah, it was Sounds amazing. Yeah, they were doing um, songs you'd expect at a lot of a lot of like Motown songs. They were crushing, and Man. they did um, "Electric Feel" by MGMT. Ooh. No, I'm sorry. They're called the management. They're called the management. Do not do not conform to that. Yeah, a Wesleyan classic. 
yeah, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. And then like a trooper you're rallying. Yeah. Well, I'm, I didn't, I didn't, uh, go nuts last night. I was, okay, okay. I was dancing it all off. You know, the dance floor was just packed the whole time. And, um, which is so much fun. Everybody was having a blast and they're like, okay, you need to go eat your salad now because it's not going to eat itself. Yeah. So no, it was so much fun. The setting was beautiful. The weather was beautiful. It was in the Berkshires, um, which oh I'd never God. been to before, but it was beautiful. And um, it was, it was a blast. We had a great time. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Show. Yeah. <laughs> she actually requested, she said, I love the podcast so much. I just want there to be more of them. Like, I think you should record more podcasts. And I said, well, you know, this is really my fault. Um, I'm Because, you know, it takes time to edit and do the whole thing. It does. And mix. It does. You do all the work. Well, this is, this is uh, my wheelhouse. So as much time as I have to do this, um, I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to be really good this week and uh, get some editing done. All right, cool. So we, you. We you baby, what's what's your thought? What, how? First of all, well, just what what do you think? What's the Wii you like? All right, so so there may be a reason why Nintendo's having some problems. Oh, <laughs> with this thing, yeah, actually selling this thing. Uh, like the central conceit of this. Well, first of all, the naming and the marketing is all wrong. People don't even realize it's a separate separate console. After releasing things like the Wii Fit and the Wii Motion Plus and the Wii whatever, they just kind of assume it's another add-on to the Wii. They don't even realize it's another console. So the Wii U instead of the Wii 2 or just finding some other name that doesn't use the crazy word Wii in it, um, that's their new console. And it's been out, I think, for about 18 months to two years, right? That long. And yeah, it's been out for a while. And you don't know anybody that has one, do you? You know, I, the people that I know who have it are the tech nerdery who feel like if they don't have the system, they will be like out of the loop and they feel like it's interesting (laughs) on like an intellectual level to own one, which is not always the best sign that your product is achieving some traction. I should own this in order to have a perspective about it. That's a good idea. That's a good reason. That, that's that's, that's going to be a mass market success. That's a really good point. I think you brought up about the, the naming of it because even, um, yeah, I bought, cause people, the, the market here is like casual gamers or at least the market of the Wii was essentially casual gamers. Right. Right. So, I mean, let me, let me back up a little bit. I mean, so, so, okay. One thing that, um, there, there, you know, there's three sort of approaches to the market. You have Sony's, uh, Apple's, and Microsoft's. And Sony and Microsoft have a similar approach to the market. They're making games. They do have some first-party titles, but mostly what they do is that other people develop games for their systems, and they attempt to get exclusive titles and other things like that for their consoles by paying money or doing marketing support, other things like that. So they're sort of fighting this game where they do have a couple of things that they kind of develop, but that's not their main focus. Now, Nintendo's always been a little bit more of a game design company as well. Um, They have Mario, they have uh, Metroid, they have Zelda, they have all these properties that are huge. Um, 
and they kind of develop those for their own properties only. And then they don't do a great job encouraging like third-party developers and stuff to actually like come onto the platform and to build things. So this has always been a problem. This was a problem with the GameCube for sure. This was a problem with the Wii to a certain extent. You know, big big name uh, games couldn't really come on there because it was so behind hardware-wise. But the gimmick of using this little remote got them an audience that they never had before. They sort of basically were like. I can't really like, compete with these guys doing all these hardcore games in the same way. Let's cut, try to address a different market. And that market ended up being a lot more casual, a lot more just everyday people, people who would not uh, self-identify as a gamer, you know, yeah. however you want to like put that. It's people that don't self-identify as that being one of their like characteristics. Yeah. I think, I think as like uh, someone who would not consider themselves a gamer, I think what was great about the Wii is that it was simple very simple. Mm-hmm. And part of, I think, what went awry at some point, at least for me as a non-gamer, with uh, some of these consoles, uh, was just the plethora of buttons. And sure. that kind of thing, I think, has sort of... I mean, it was easy to use. It was easy to play. It was easy to play with other people. And that's that's what made the Wii fun. And it was that you're just moving around your hands, right? And you're moving around your body. You're not trying to remember, oh, and if I click this thing on the back of my, wait, no, but it's the front of the controller? No, it's the back of the controller. Wait, which one? And so it kind of like democratized this and made it so that people who didn't do this for a couple hours a week, a day, or whatever, were all of a sudden able to jump in. And so the Wii was a huge success. It sold incredibly well for an incredibly long period of time with really underpowered consoles, so they could also sell it really cheap. So then fast forward... <laughs> So when they decide that they need to make a change, they know that the name we people know, so they give it this name that's different, and they say, well, we need a new gimmick, So, and we know that iPads and iPhones and other things with big screens are you know, setting the world on fire. Let's address that by sort of releasing this weird gaming tablet um, as being the sort of the central conceit. But unfortunately, like... They don't have third-party support. Other people aren't really making games for it because the install base isn't huge. And they never released like that amazing first-party game that made you get the system in the first place. And so it's like, if they don't go and build it, if they don't go and make the games that are going to make you want to build the... Uh, excuse me. They don't go and make the games that are going to make you want to buy the system. Nobody even has it. So there's even less reason for anybody to develop for it, which just means that there's no games on it. And the gamepad that they made is kind of cool. There's something nice about having a second screen. But, like, the fact that it's not the 3DS, like, the fact that this handheld console that you're using isn't actually their portable gaming system is the stupidest thing I've ever thought of in my entire life. That's really clever because then all of a sudden it gives you a good reason to uh, own both of them and it yep. makes an ecosystem maybe that... Multiple platforms. Mm, that's really smart. You can play it away from the Wii. You can play it, you know, some games when you're away oh. from home, but then the more powerful, serious ones, like, you bring it in. And it's like, okay, yeah, you, maybe you charge a little bit more. And you have, like, a console, and you have this portable, and they're linked together. And that's your big, like, fancy controller for when you buy your TV. 
But when you got to go away, you have different games or you have things that relate to the game on the on the big screen. Mm. Um, and instead, it's like this. It's like this thing that's even bigger than your 3ds, <laughs> and it's has terrible battery life and it has terrible range, and. So it's the, just such a missed opportunity. So the range, I mean, even are you saying that even in a living room, if you're sitting on a couch and you No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Okay. So is it just around the room? If you if you walk into the if you walk out a little farther away from the room, it loses signal. Right. If you walk around the corner, you're kind of screwed. And one of let me see so one of the cool things, like with Mario Kart, for example, the TV doesn't actually have to be on in order for you to play, which is cool. Like you're Wife, girlfriend, parents, etc. cetera, uh, boyfriend, but come on. I mean, how often is that the problem? Your boyfriend doesn't want to play Mario Kart. Um, uh, boyfriends always want to play Mario Kart. Always. That's what boyfriends are for. Um, so, but yeah, you can be like, okay, here you go. Here's control of the TV. And then the Wii U is still on and you're just playing it on the little handheld. Now that's brilliant. That's really cool. And trust me, like that is super great. But... I still want to be able to do that in the other room, theoretically. If I, the TV's off and I'm and you know I can play it just on this little handheld, let me take it wherever. Oh no, you it's can't! It's actually just streaming content. Yeah, it's just oh, streaming content no. from the Wii U. It's not actually processing it on its own, obviously. But that streaming oh, crap. is really f- like close. It's not like a big wireless network or anything like that. Oh no, that sounds terrible. And I know that they've been billing this feature as a big feature, which is really, it really, if you think about it, it's kind of just like an edge case for most people um, that you can, it's a nice thing to have to be able to stop playing your video game on your TV and then like walk into another room and do it. Have it in your hands. But you can't go far is what you're saying, which is really... A kick in the knickers. <laughs> that's exactly how I was going to put it. Wow, yeah. that's so weird. Reading your mind. Yeah, it's bad, dude. It's it's like, it's so close. I mean, that that's kind of part of the problem is that there's a lot of things that they almost have, but there's some crucial details that are wrong. And because they're wrong, I think that's why they're having a really hard time this generation. Um, and that's why I hadn't bought it until just recently. How big is this uh, tablet thing? controller thing is it how how big is it compared to like an ipad or something so this thing is about it's a little bit wider than an ipad on its long side and it's not it's uh maybe three quarters the height the screen itself is pretty small it's capacitive um sorry it's not capacitive it's resistive which is kind of a thing but then again like it is kind of nice to press on with this stylus so it's, it's actually not a maker it doesn't break the uh, the experience. Um, I actually kind of like it ergonomically. It separates your fingers, uh, your arms, so you're not like totally like clutching in like a T-Rex. Like you actually have some space between your hands, mm. which I think is not a bad for a controller. Um, it's pretty good for menus. So when you open up the Wii, instead of having to try to like awkwardly uh, move the thing on the screen to get to the thing you want to do actually it's right here in front of you just touch it with your finger. yeah instead of the pointer the pointer we think pointing your yeah. controller at the okay so it, it makes menu stuff easier okay it makes that stuff a lot easier um you know they're, they're they're solving some problems it's clear that like they're not they're not dummies they're trying to do the best they can they're trying to solve issues but 
they just didn't go far enough. And um, and I don't know, man. I'm starting to get a little bit worried for them. And there's a couple mm. weird things. Like, you know, just a little while ago, the Wii just wasn't outputting sound. Like, my TV was. If I went to the Apple TV, it made sound. But it wasn't coming out through the Wii. Had to reset the Wii in order to have that happen. And, it, you know, Wii U. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, it's it's such a terrible name. Like, I, can't, I don't even refer to it by its proper name. So people don't even know which console I'm talking about. Oh, so you're just saying the Wii? I'm saying we, but I mean we, you, you know, it's just like, ah, so there's a lot of things wrong here. And, and truth be told, there's not that many games um, that you really want to play. So let's, so what about, so you got the cart, you got the Mario Kart, which is what we care about, which is adorable and a lot of fun. Um, I do like Mario Kart very much. It's actually pretty good. Uh, And I've actually been playing a game called Pikmin 3. Uh, I've never played any of the other Pikmin's. Oh. That is a good game. That's a good game. And they have a uh, they have a like a Super Mario 3D world. Um, it's not really 3D because the 3D thing was from the one that was on the 3DS. But like whatever, I, I'm not going to worry about it. Oh, so is this their is this their Mario title or their like first their their sort of um, marquee Mario yeah. title? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's cool. Um, so those are going to be like the three games I play until they release <laughs> the Metroid that they're going to release and, and until they release the Zelda that they're going to release. So, But then I don't even know what else I'm going to use on the system because nobody else is making games for it. Um, so right now it's kind of like a great place to play older games, which is super cool. But you know. When, I mean, when you're saying older, you mean Super Nintendo, Nintendo titles, yep. stuff like that? Yep, absolutely. Mm. And that stuff's super fun. Um, but it's like, why can't I do that on the 3DS? Like, really, what I want to do is take that stuff on the go. All these titles that I want to play are not available on the 3DS. I want to play Mega Man X, for example. It's one of the best Mega Mans out there. It's amazing. But they're not releasing it on the handheld. It's like, guys, just release this for the Wii U or the 3DS, no matter what. Give me the full catalog of any game that you are able to license just put it on both like they're kind of like doling it out slowly and it's ridiculous yeah. like they do not have the current games in order to support my interest so just give me access to everything why either with a subscription which would be awesome oh or if not a subscription like just make me pay for it i'll still pay like eight bucks ten bucks for an old game that i was in love with like, I'll do it. Just make it available. Stop dragging your heels. Why would you not? So, you know, maybe some of it's licensing, but if they already have it on one platform, I just don't believe that it's not available for the other one. I think they're trying to, like, force you into buying the Wii U, and it's not going to work. Like, it's something that makes you interested in... It's something that just makes you happy with the product that you have. It's not a selling feature. So... Anyway, it's tough. The economics of this are tough. And if you don't have momentum behind the platform, then people aren't going to develop for it. And then people don't want to buy the system. And, you know, you need to have the big hit to drive the sales of the console. Um, But people don't want to develop. It's sort of like sort of like a chicken and egg type problem. Nintendo either needs to be... uh Need, either needs to be really trying to develop third-party relationships and third-party properties, or they need to freaking hustle and get the games out there that are going to sell systems. And Mario Kart 8 is great. Like, it's a lot of fun. 
Um, the 50 car class is like crazy easy, like like a little bit ridiculously easy. I think, yeah, I mean, I haven't lost a single race I played on that one yet. Oh. Um, and I'm just going through getting little trophies and getting some new cars and stuff. So it's like, right now it's actually a little bit boring. But I can tell that once like the difficulty ramps up, it's going to be super fun. Are you drafting or are you doing it fully auto? What do you mean by drafting? Oh, not draft. What is the one where you, I'm sorry. Where oh, you drifting, drifting. Drifting, is that what it's called? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it's called drifting. Drifting. <laughs> I'm hand drawing every frame. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm drifting. Actually, I think they force you to do it on this one. Mm. Uh, at least with, at least with this, uh, this uh, monstrosity of a controller they are. So that's great. It's a lot of fun. I'm drifting again, Dave. I'm drifting again. You raise an interesting point about being able to play the games on the handheld version, on the console version, um, and if they could develop for both platforms in a certain way, or they made it easy for developers to develop on both platforms, then you have economies of scale so if you're a developer, you can develop. And you have an both. ecosystem all of a sudden. And you have all of a sudden you have an ecosystem. You're right. I, I don't know why I, I just I haven't heard anyone I haven't heard anyone talk about this particular strategy before. I think it's difficult for Nintendo. You know, they've always struggled with online services. It's actually funny, there's a lot of Apple parallels here. Um, mm. they struggle with online services and integration with online stuff in general. They uh they're really leery about kids having a creepy experience with some sort of bad agent online. Yeah. And so they make it almost impossible for you to connect to another person or actually communicate with words. And I think it's it kind of made sense at the time. It didn't really make a lot of sense during the time of the Wii. Like they should have done just a better job trying to filter it and but still let other people talk to each other. But at this point, it's getting really silly. And um, in terms of actually building an ecosystem, it, I guess they're just not thinking that way. I mean, they might be thinking that way and it might be difficult for them. But right now you have two things that are essentially an island. Like if I buy a game, it's not available necessarily across all my devices that could technically render it. it it's just, it's, it's a poor decision. And uh, it's like Apple is starting to really show that they know that this is important. You know, they've always had continuity between um, iPad and iPhone for a certain, to a certain extent, at least. But all of a sudden, they're really trying to make it so that you can have seamless experiences between your desktop yeah. and your uh, mobile device. Yeah. And and Nintendo needs to be thinking that way in a big way in order to get a lock in because their their um, portables are still great. The 3DS is a great system. They, their menus are terrible. Their downloads are a pain in the ass, and their you know <laughs> their their store is kind of awful. Uh, but it's still one of the best handhelds out there. Man, the store thing just kills me because no, it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to do to make right. a shopping experience really simple and seamless. I know I've done it. Uh, like I've done <laughs> e-commerce stuff for different companies. It's a pain. But if you're a company and you can't make it really easy for someone to give you money, then like what, what else can you do? <laughs> like, I, I don't, so I don't know. I also find this whole, they do the thing with the points, right? 
they don't use I think dollar. They've changed away from that. They don't now. use okay. They've changed away for that. Yeah, that so that's good at least. For a while, was it like did they call them Wii points or something like that? Yeah, or like Nintendo points or like Miiverse twelve points or yeah, who knows what the fuck they called it? But yeah, I'm. They, I think they now they're like this costs seven ninety nine. Yeah, that's so, that's that's good. You know, you have to let people know what it actually what it actually costs. I don't think there's any point in being. I don't think there's any point in in hiding the uh, the true price of whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's in a convenient way to not to not deal with the fact that you have to show different currency rates <laughs> on your system. Oh, so you put out three hundred Wii points, and then you deal with the implementation on the back end in terms of what that actually cost. But that's ri- but that's ridiculous. You think it's a hack? I know Nintendo, d- I mean, um, Nintendo d- also does this. Microsoft. Microsoft also does stuff like this. Yeah. Microsoft also gave it up. I think I think everybody realizes that it's it's not well received. Like it's particularly poorly received. And so This is not an arcade where you're putting your dollar bill in and getting tokens and then you have these little pieces of uh, <laughs> worthless metal that you have to put into the to the arcade. <laughs> This is not Dragon's Try Lair, to win your, guys. Win your tickets, so you can get some uh, get some crap. What do you think about this idea that? Well, I mean, Nintendo has real. They're having real problems now. They're clearly. Um, I mean, they're losing money. There are they're financial sh- issues. They're shutting down. Where did they just close down? Like one of their European headquarters. They just shut down. I did not hear that. That's not good. Not good. Yikes. So a lot of people are sort of saying, I mean, the big debate that's happening is, should they develop for the iPhone? Um, Should they develop for the iPad? And, um, you know, it's really tough when your whole business model is sort of based around this console or these handheld and selling hardware and software, you know, to, to shift to a different model. I think they could they could do it, but it would involve totally trimming the company, making it in you know just developing something almost entirely new that just yeah. that just does this and letting them be. Or I don't know. There's there's different ways of of thinking about this. I think hardware, despite the fact that they've made some blunders on this uh, generation, I think hardware is actually still one of their strengths. And I think developing for mobile platforms is not really the way to go for their main titles. I, what I would say is, don't try to do Mario. Don't try to do Sam. Don't, don't do the big releases on an iPhone or an iPad. Um, they, need, they need the $40 to $60 revenue in order to make those games profitable. Those games are, ex- are really expensive to make. But you could do versions of those games. You could do uh, companion apps. You could do other things for other titles essentially as marketing for the reason you know that that would get people excited to play uh the main consoles and then on top of that i think they really need to focus on getting the other titles for these big consoles out the door they don't have a mario galaxy game like that's stupid they don't have a smash brothers game out i mean it's coming out soon but seriously like you you can't just release one of those a quarter you need to release one of those every you know two months yeah i think the the old, the way that things were back in the day when you could do this and you could have, I don't know if it was one Hallmark release a quarter or... Or maybe even less. Or even, yeah, or even a half every half a year you have like one big release. That is not, that doesn't cut it anymore. No. 
I mean, things are moving too quickly now. It's, it's a different, I mean, we're in a different world and you can't, you can't do this. It's not, it's not going to work. Yeah. I, so that's what I think. I think they either got to release more stuff that is more exciting for their big consoles in order to entice people to buy hardware, or if not, they need to develop for other platforms in a way to also sell and entice people to go onto their uh, platforms for the rest of the experience. Um, and then failing that, they need to get way better at, at allowing people to develop for their platforms. If you could develop for the 3DS or for the Wii U as easily as you can for the App Store, that a lot of things could change. But they're still a little too wary to make that easy. Like there's so many checks and, and problems for you, not problems, but they put up a lot of roadblocks before you can get your software. Yeah, I think Nintendo, their sort of thought and their strategy here um, they saw and uh, they saw Atari implode back in the day. I hope this is still not like their no, no, guiding this principle. Is, this is your right. They saw Atari implode um, in the '80s because there was no checks, and any idiot could release an Atari game. And there were, <laughs> I don't know, hundreds or thousands, however many titles there were, um, a lot of which were garbage. And yeah it made the economics of the platform um, just totally collapse. And so what Nintendo has tried to do as a platform is create scarcity and a lot of curation, a lot of sort of, um, yeah, sort of like manufactured scarcity to make sure that there's only a few high quality titles or whatever it is whatever it is they're doing they're not they're not encouraging everyone and their brother to develop for for their platforms yeah yeah and i think it's the kind of thing where you know their their games are competing with third party games you know what i mean it's so there isn't they sort of see it as not in their interest to push those or to make them Ugh. better but they're but they're wrong it's absolutely in their best interest they're absolutely wrong because if you could get that key title um, then more people are going to buy the system and they're going to buy your other yeah. games and the whole, this is just spinning in the wrong direction for them. This is not, this is not going to be the success that the Wii was. They've already acknowledged this and it's, yeah, they know this. it's everything, everything is going in the wrong direction here. I mean, I guess the one Mario Kart is, is like the one good news that I've heard about the Wii U low these, I don't know, a couple of years or whatever. But I think people are still saying this is probably going to be the uh, least well, the least, what, what is the right way to say this? The lowest sales records for any Mario Kart game just because the install base is so small. Yeah. So even though it's selling systems, it's not going to do enough to get them out of the tailspin. And I think at this point, honestly, for the Wii U, Maybe it's too late, and maybe they just need to focus on the next thing in two to three years. Um, you know, still release things, support the platform, and whatever, and then focus on regrouping and making sure the next one's great. But you know, it's part of their part of the also problem here is their decision to release underpowered hardware. Even the Xbox is more powerful than this thing, and so it can't really run those other third party games without sort of being you know, ported down. It's it's 1080p, right? So that was like the big thing that it wasn't even high def. Okay. So even, but but even though it's 1080p, that doesn't mean that it's capable of running things at the same frame rate 
that a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One uh, is able to do. Yeah. They have a different... The thing is, um, Nintendo's had a different business model from Sony and Microsoft. They Sony right. and Microsoft tried to make these consoles... Um, they actually even lose money on these consoles that are sold. And then they try to you know, get the adoption high enough and, and make the money back on licensing um, and royalties from, from developers and from successful games. That's, right. that's how they operate. Nintendo, they don't like losing money on the hardware. So they've made hardware that's been either profitable or it's been, you know, over the life over the life cycle of the product, it's it's much more profitable than Sony or Microsoft's hardware. Um, you know, because you make the same thing after a few years, of course, the processor, every everything, every component in it gets gets cheaper. Yeah. Um, but it's been a different it's been a different business model. I do like I do like the idea. I mean, ideally, if it's cheap enough you can get a lot of people to buy it. And I, that's, that's why I'm not like, I don't think Nintendo's idea is terrible, but in this case, I sort of feel like they didn't go far enough in that direction. Either make something that's expensive, more expensive and competitive with the other platforms or make something that's really cheap that you can get a lot of adoption, but they sort of split the difference and they made something that was, too expensive for casual gamers and not powerful enough for hardcore gamers. So where does that leave you? That leaves you nowhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not even that expensive. Like I think the base price is for like the, and this is the other issue. Like I think maybe you can hit 250 on one of the models, but it's like a totally hamstrung model. Does it come with that? Does it come with that controller? So the Wii U deluxe, which is the only one you'd ever want to buy is uh, 300 bucks with any game. And the Wii U, uh, the white one, that's like the basic version, that's 250. Uh, it does come with a controller. And I mean, it is pretty cheap, but I think I think the difference is, is that like 250 or 300 bucks could be in that range, that things would feel great. But the problem is the gimmick doesn't make sense. So people aren't interested in buying it in the first place. Like their interest isn't peaked. First of all, they don't know that there's a new thing out there because the name's too similar. (laughs) Second of all, the gimmick's not that good because everybody has a phone and it's not that exciting to see if, you know, like a screen in the middle of a controller. And then three, the games haven't been big enough for anyone to be like, no, 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 get me Mario Kart. Um, And I, I, man, if they, I mean, if they had launched with Mario Kart 8, imagine how the difference would be. Because everyone knows Mario Kart, everyone wants to play Mario Kart. The fact that they launched with—I don't—I mean, I don't even think they had a launch game that was one of their big properties. It was just like Nintendo Play or Nintendo Land, and it's like yeah, that's great. Like launch with Metroid, Zelda, Mario, Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, like Pokemon, something else. Like you have to launch with one of your big things, and if you can't do that, like so anyway, they—they just—they—they blundered. They're—they're they're messed up. I don't think the company's. Dead. I think we're we're sort of dancing over the corpse before uh. it's actually a corpse. Um, so I, I still have faith that they can do it, but I, you know, they got it. They got to change strategies uh, and potentially start developing outside their comfort zones a little bit. 
yeah, it's it's hard. It's going to be hard to turn the ship around. Um, yes, it, it will. But they could save it, man. Like if they just made, if they just came out with a ton of great games, that could actually do a lot to like stem the problems here. Like they're all kind of fixable. Like these are not beyond impossible things. They're just not happening right now. So I think that changes in leadership or changes in the way people are thinking could make this thing turn around. I don't see it as a hopeless thing and the company's in, in too much trouble to live. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how they're just, you know, that 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 they're going to be relegated into just making uh, games on other people's soft on other people's hardware. And if that does come down to it, I actually think they should talk to Sony. I think Sony should actually be the place where they develop. I think they should sort of do pull a Sega. You know what I mean? Like if you can't keep things going on, do the game thing, um, and do the game thing right, and do it for other somebody else's platform. And also, you know, yeah, sure, do some like little mobile games and stuff. But like, they're, they're big, they're big money, and their big, uh, their big statements always come on these bigger console games, and they're great. Like, they're still great when they come out. So, anyway, that's my thoughts. They have a lot of great intellectual property as well. Um, and what? Oh, yeah. What I mean by that is, Mar. I mean, some of the, like Mario. You know, iconic characters, Zelda, iconic stories, and that is valuable. Um, oh yeah, of course. I don't know. I just have to feel like at some, maybe. I mean, there's talk of them maybe being an acquisition target, or mm. down the line because there's so much equity in in these stories and these characters. Um, but it would be sad. I'm definitely rooting for Nintendo to to turn it around, to stay alive, and to. Um, to be relevant, to stay relevant in this age, because I think they didn't, you know, whatever it was, whatever they needed to do to compete with Sony and Microsoft. And now let's say Apple, the whole iPhone, iPad ecosystem, like they're not, it's not working right now. No, you're right. Um, And actually, you know, we were talking about the IP and it's useful still, I think for now. But I don't remember who was talking about this, but I was listening to something nerdy and people were talking about the fact that like there's a lot of kids that are growing up on just random things like Angry Birds. Angry Birds. And and you know what I mean? Just like random stuff like that on the iPad who don't have a Nintendo system. So they don't really have that affinity for Mario. They don't have that affinity for Zelda and Link. They don't have that affinity for Samoth and her Metroids. So... <laughs> One of the things I think they need to do is make sure that they don't lose mind share in those younger kids. Because if that happens, then they really are, they got nothing. Yeah. Um, maybe your idea, maybe your idea about making sort of simple games for the iPhone and the iPad and that sort of thing would help them stay relevant and help bring people into their world without, as you said, making Mario for, for the iPhone something like that. Right. I mean, imagine like even things like Dr. Mario, right? Like that could be an iPhone game and that doesn't devalue Mario Galaxy. Their flagship big budget like flying around in the universe killer Mario title. So, you know, they have little Dr. Mario stuff on the iPhone and they have Tetris on the Actually, I'm not sure that they own Tetris now that you, now that I think about it. But you know, stuff like that. Like you can do smaller things that are appropriate for the iPhone or whatever. Um, and then still not, you know, lose sight of your big ones that you're really trying to push out. 
Yeah. I mean, one thing that I sort of learned in um, pricing strategy class in business school is that more prices is always better than fewer prices. Mm. Um, It's interesting. So, I mean, how much does a, you know, a DS or a Wii, whatever they cost, um, it's at least a hundred bucks, right? Yeah, I think a, I think a Nintendo DS, a 3DS, is I think like two hundred bucks. Oh no, no, it's it's closer, it's closer to like one fifty, one seventy. It's kind of in a weird place. Yeah. But anyway, they have that. They have their 2DS, which is closer to one thirty. How much are the games? You said that the the Wii U games were maybe like forty bucks. I think the Wii U bucks. games are fifty to sixty. Okay, and then I think the Wii games are maybe fifty because Xbox games are sixty. And then you and then, have DS games are how much? Uh, brand new, they're forty. Okay, well that's a huge price umbrella under that. Um, yeah, from free games, hey, they're free. Um, and the whole freemium model, you know, you buy, I mean, you get a game for free and then you want some upgrades or you want to speed up the action or whatever (laughs) you're buying. I mean, and you can, you know, we can debate if this is sustainable, if it's good for games or for gamers, if it's good for development, if it makes, if it makes good games or it just makes games you have to throw money into, um, which you know, in a lot of ways, might not be so similar, dissimilar from these coin-operated arcade games. Mm. Um, but the average price of a game on the i, uh, the average price of an app on um, the iOS is something like seventy cents. It's pretty <laughs> low. Uh, um, you know, if you have, if you take the free and the the yeah. stuff that's over. And there's a big gap between seventy cents and forty dollars. <laughs> well, that is true. And and it's forty dollars after you spend, you know, one hundred fifty bucks or whatever. So, I think they see these cheaper games, um, these less expensive games, as being cannibalistic to their existing model, um, and they see well. You know, if you can have a great game for a dollar or five dollars, why would you pay the one fifty and then the forty and keep giving us money, um, you know, until eternity, um, or until you buy the next system? But it's really the wrong way to look about this because you're you're competing against. I mean, a consumer's option is free games, games for dollar or you're coming in at $40 and there has to be something in between. Like you can't see that whole middle ground and say, yeah, we're not interested in, in swimming in this pool. So make lesser games, make games that aren't so deep and make them, you know, make them less expensive. And you might as well, you know, get the, get the kids uh, into your, into your thing. And maybe, you know, maybe something can happen. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no. You're well. I actually think they are thinking about this. So there was recently this 3DS game that went really well called uh, uh, Link, uh, Link Between Worlds, and it's kind of like a remake of A Link to the Past from the Super Nintendo, except for you can like turn into a basically like a painting and like move along walls. And mm. the game's actually pretty cool, and it's kind of set in the same world, and it's interesting. Um, but one of the things that they do 
I think they're testing out whether or not people can handle a uh, a sort of premium, not premium, freemium type model. Because you can buy, you can go anywhere in the game. You can do dungeons in whatever order you want, and you can buy, you can rent any item you want in the game for money. Right, right at the start. It's not about things that you find in the dungeons. It's like, you want the boomerang, you want the fire rod, you want the whatever. You can grind for a while, get coins, get rupees, and then, and then, um, and then just buy and just rent them out, rent them there. And if you die, they all fly away from you and you have to rent them again. Oh. And if you don't want that to happen, you can buy them for way more, way more rupees. Right, so they're sort of like this is something that's totally new in a Zelda game. They've never done this before. You normally they just like have you find a new weapon. That weapon's used to defeat a boss, and that's that. Um, so is this one? It's a little bit more interesting, and I think this is them being like, can people handle the idea of having everything open to them at once, being able to use it for something, but use it temporarily, and then if you do something bigger. You just have that thing forever, and now you're safe. And that feels like this like whole test bed for a, a freemium uh, app model. And people love the game, and people had no problems with it. Once that changes into real money, maybe people don't feel the same way. But I think there's an easy way to make it so that you can buy rupees in-game. You know what I mean? So let's say you really want that fire rod, and you don't feel like grinding in order yeah. to get enough coins in order to do it. Okay, uh, I'm going to put down five bucks get my get myself 800 rupees or whatever and boom like now I know I'll always have that no matter how many times I die um, and so I think this is the first steps towards them starting to explore that model and when they start exploring that model and if they find it profitable I think uh, prices will come down so again I think they're experimenting I think they're thinking about stuff like this um, because you're right, man. Forty dollars is too much for some of these 3DS games. Like I bought this Yoshi's Island one, and it's like, dude, that is a ten dollar game at best. That is that is a cluster. That is not a good game. Uh, um, so, are you are you a member of any of these secret um, societies? Yes, I'm a Freemason. <laughs> what we can't oh, talk sorry, about on the podcast. Are you are you a member of any of these um, like video game services? Like either where you where you get games. No. Or are you on like Steam? Oh yeah, I'm on Steam. That's yeah, but that's not a subscription. Okay, that's just like a DRM service. You have an account, you can buy things through it. It plays on your computer. It plays on your computer. Um, yeah, and that's not that's that's just kind and of. And you're like, not a member of one of these like Netflix for games type outfits. No, and one of the reasons for that is just my really bad. You know, I live out in farmland. And so I, my internet speed is is laughable. Like it is really bad. What about getting shipped these these discs or whatever? Are, are these? And here's a ridiculous here's a ridiculous question. Are these um these Wii U games? They're on they're on some sort of removable media, right? Yes, yes, they are. They also you can also download them. So I mean, they're they're making progress, but they're just not making enough progress. You can do either. Yep. Okay. Yep. Which is the way to go. I, I firmly believe that's the way of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, way of the future. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, they, so they, they do allow you to do that. But yeah, no, in terms of game shipping services, like I do not have enough time to play enough games in order for that to make sense. Yeah. Um, if I were in college, I could probably make that thing work out pretty well for the money. But for, for my life right now, it's like I'm, I'm lucky if I can spend you know, two hours every week 
Yeah. Seriously, like actually playing a game on the television. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's uh it's it's just not it's not realistic. Yeah. Too too many rupees, really. Too many rupees, too little time. Too little time. <laughs> we actually kind of hit Nintendo pretty hard. That actually could be it. But you know what? Wait, hold on, hold on, Dave. Yeah. Let's not let's not end it just yet. Okay. What, what about you, man? I know you don't consider yourself a gamer, uh-huh. but like do you do you play games on your iPhone at all? Oh. You used to have a Wii, right? Oh, I well, I still I still have a Wii. I actually bought a Wii super late, um, basically just so I could play um, Mario Kart. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, but I bought it once the Wii U was out, and the guy at Best Buy was like, "I'm pretty sure you don't want this." I'm like, "No, no, no, I want this," and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> um, but we play. I mean very infrequently i've got a hankering to play mario kart recently and Mm. i have because i think because i've been subjected to all this advertising about mario kart and all this stuff and i'm like yeah mario kart is fun like i want to i want to play mario kart so get a wii u and let's play mario kart together yeah can do it can i play mar so we can log in and play against each other uh, yeah, we can do this, Dave. If you go get a Wii U and get Mario Kart and spend three hundred and thirty dollars of your hard-earned money, uh, we can play together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we can't do that with the Wii, the old Wii. Mm, I don't know, mm. but my my old Wii is is in is in the is in the. It's not working. You know. Well, it's just in the back, yeah, and it and it really does not seem to be able to handle the internet very well for some oh, reason. Oh, the internet, yes. Uh, one thing about your new Wii U that you're totally going to get, yeah. Uh, the the um, the system update that it makes you download is a real pain in the ass. Oh, I've it's heard. A real pain in the you ass. plug it in and then it goes to town for a couple hours and starts downloading something. <sighs> yeah, and I'm just like, look, I understand it. Like there's going to be new patches and security things and whatever. But like, let me play a game first, please. Like, just let me play a game if I want to, and then be like, "There's a system thing available for security. It's very recommended." Like, do that. Don't don't make me do this. Like, that's ridiculous. How about this? It just does it, or it's like, how about doing it at two in the morning? And you're like, "Yeah, okay, sounds good." Right. We'll do this. We'll do this while yeah. you're asleep. If you say yes. What about um? Do they still show the the uh, icon of Mario going across and getting the the coins? Is that is that their like progress bar type thing? No, I don't think so anymore. Oh. I think now it's a little bit more generic. Mm. I know that's that's a little disappointing. I agree. They should make that into a game. Like the it's downloading <laughs> software, but there yes! should be something, yes! some way that you can play it and get some kind uh. of enjoyment out of it, even if it's just something crappy. I I couldn't um, agree with you more. A mini game. And if you, if you F it up, it'll just download really even slower. 